to the Cross-Eyed Radio Program, sponsored by Joshua Revolution. Cross-Eyed is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to open your Bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures in how to live the victorious Christian life. Now, let's go into the studio of Revolution Radio with your host, Pastor Mike Chory. Welcome tonight to Crossside Radio. What a night it is. This is your host, Mike Chory, and I, I just am beside myself tonight on radio. And uh, first of all, coming off of the last Trump, uh, Revelation chapter 18, dealing with literal Babylon and the rebellion of mankind. Listen, if you were not able to, to listen, every Monday those programs are put up on our JR app, and you can listen to them at your leisure. All you do is you go to the um, the app store and you type in Joshua Revolution, download it for free. We pay for all of that, that you can get all the broadcasts going all the way back many months prior to. And of course, uh, any that you mi- you miss in the future, you can pick them up on the JR app. But uh, if you pray tonight to receive the Lord or come back to the Lord, we've got the Expositor Study New Testament Bible that we want to send to you free of charge or the cross-eyed book, How to Live for God. Each of these will be a tremendous tool for you in your walk with God. So if you prayed with us in the first hour, call the operator at Joshua Revolution right now, 716-229-8000. And anywhere in the world that are listening tonight, 1-888-444-2920. And you can pick up those products and we'll ship them to you. But even more than that, uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know the broadcast made a difference in your life and you made a decision tonight that's going to change the rest of your life. And listen, if you are already a Christian, but the last Trump was a blessing to you tonight, why don't you just call in and tell us that? Say, I was listening and it really ministered to me. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. The operators are encouraged every time they hear from you. Again, the number 716-229-8000 or one 888 And uh, tonight we're going into the book of Acts. But I'll tell you, it's hard to shift out of Revelation 18. My goodness, we just got warmed up and the program was over. But don't miss next week's program. We're, we're continuing on on literal Babylon. But here tonight to help me break down the word in the book of Acts is my good friend and buddy, Matt Piney. Matt, thank you for coming in tonight. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here as always, and I'm looking forward to getting into the word. Amen. Amen. So much uh, happening in the world tonight and so much happening at church. And we just, Matt, isn't it? It's such a blessing to be saved. Absolutely. I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Me and my wife talk about that all the time. I don't know how they get by. I don't know how they have any hope for their life. Um, It's just all nothing without God. And without Jesus, then it's just hell, you know, because he's the one who came so that we could have eternal life and our relationship with God could be restored and we could have that abundance that he died on the cross to give us. Amen. Amen. And and tonight, uh, I have to say I'm a little, uh, I don't want to say frazzled, but I am so excited because really right now, while this broadcast is going on, our daughter-in-law is getting ready to deliver our second granddaughter. And my son, Andrew, married to Amanda Kinsella, Amanda Chori, is in labor. And I am getting these uh, updates during the last Trump. And the last update that I got is getting ready to push. So we're probably oh, not wow. going to have a baby in this hour yeah, and I heard that right before I came, and I, I told Megan maybe Pastor Mike will give me the lowdown on what the name's going to be, because we don't know yet. If I get the release <laughs> tonight to tell it, I'll tell all of Radio World tonight, but I just want you to know, it, it doesn't get in any any more joyful than um, being a grandfather for the second time, and uh, you know we are so looking forward to this child, because uh, it seems like we've been waiting forever. Amanda was a, a little late. And but here it is tonight. And I think God's time is just perfect that it looks very close, Matt, that she could be born on cross-eyed radio. Maybe she has a future in radio. Maybe she's going to be (laughs) be with us, you know, down the road here. But uh, hey, tonight here on cross-eyed radio, we're going to be in the third chapter of the book of Acts. We are studying 
revival for, for 2024. We believe we're in literally the last days. And God saved the best wine for last at the wedding of Cana. And by the way, that was not intoxicated wine. That was the fruit of the vine. And I believe God is saving the best for last for the church. And we're in the last days and he is doing incredible things. And what we're studying in the book of Acts is what the early church looked like and what he wants this church, the last day church to look like. So I want you to get out your Bibles. I want you to turn to Acts chapter three. We're going to be breaking it down. We're going to move around a little. We're going to talk about Peter's sermon that he gave on the day of Pentecost. And we're going to look at one of the great miracles of the early church, the lame man that got up and started walking and went into the temple. But I want to ask Spencer tonight if he would play that song. We were going to save it for the top of the hour, but this song has been a blessing. We played it at the Erie uh, convention there just a few weeks ago. And this song, um, it says so much in it. And I, I believe Matt, before we study the word, we have to prepare our hearts and that's what worship does. It prepares the heart to hear the word. Amen. And that, that really is so important because we have to receive the word with our heart. It's not just intellectualism and head knowledge. It's something we have to understand with our heart is what Jesus talked about. And so music is an absolutely great way to prepare our hearts for that. Yeah. And this is a song by Cody Carnes. It's called Firm Foundation. And friend, there is no other foundation that is going to hold you up in these end times other than Jesus Christ, the rock. And tonight, let's Just worship the Lord to this amazing song, Firm Foundation, and let this song prepare you to hear the word tonight. We love you. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, and everything around me is shaking. I'm
never fail you. He will. He won't. He is a firm foundation. You're listening to Crossside Radio. This is Mike Chory, and I am a little overwhelmed right now. Our literally right on Crossside Radio. Our daughter-in-law just gave birth to our second granddaughter. I'm waiting for confirmation of her name, but I have pictures in front of me, Matt. She is gorgeous, like her mother <laughs> and her grandmother's. And I just, I don't know, you're going to have to take the program for a moment here because <laughs> this the timing of God that she would be born on Cross-Eyed Radio is not an accident. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations to Amanda and Drew and the whole Chory family. It's just a wonderful moment for you guys. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about what a blessing uh, kids are, you know, like arrows in a quiver. Uh, the more you have, the more blessed you are. And that's, that's what you guys are in the Chori family. So congratulations to you guys. That's wonderful. Well, uh, you know, I'm looking at a picture here and she is crying with her mouth wide open. And, uh, that, that's a mouth I think that can preach right there, <laughs> there or sing there probably. <laughs> and, uh, one or the other we, for sure. Right. We're all about the trumpet, right. And, yep. and that's sounding the alarm. And uh, by the way, if you hear a trumpet sound tonight on Crossside Radio, it's my phone. I do have this shofar on my phone whenever I get a text. And uh, tonight uh, is the one night I'm not going to silence it. You'll have to forgive me. (laughs) But what a night it is. And we want to give God all the glory. And if you would just let me do this right now. And I want to make it for anyone out there that is about to have a child or have had a child. But I want to pray for our granddaughter and i promise you if we get a name uh or we're given the freedom to announce that name i'm pretty sure i know the name but i have not yet i want to give the parents the right to do that but um father in the name of jesus we just thank you for birth we thank you for life lord you said that um it is appointed you have the appointed time for when we are to come into this world. And I thank you for this little one that has come in tonight, right during this broadcast. And Lord, just bless Amanda and Drew. And we just, we love you, Lord. And I know my son and daughter-in-law will raise this child in the ways of the Lord. And you say in your word to train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart when they are old. And so I pray for our little granddaughter that she would never know a life of sin, but always be living for Jesus Christ. And we give you all the glory for this birth, and we give you all the glory for the timing of it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. All right, seven pounds, 10 ounces, and mom is doing very well, and uh Wow, I'm I'm just amazed. Seven ten. Those are two numbers. If <laughs> if you know I'm I'm I pay attention to numbers and seven and ten. Of course, seven is perfection and ten is completeness. Um, and here on January twentieth, uh, wow. And I'll, I'll try to get an exact time of of the birth. All right, we've we've got to. <laughs> I'm so sorry tonight that I've taken up this time on this, but it's pretty big. All right, let's go to Acts chapter 3. And Matt, when we talk about a firm foundation, this song that was just played, the, the Lord's foundation of what, what the church should be built on is found in the book of Acts. Uh, it's found all throughout the Bible, but the early church literally were looking at tonight what it was all about, what it was built on, And we are of the conviction that it must look like the church today must look like the church in the book of Acts. Amen. Absolutely. Um, They were the ones who set the precedent. They received that teaching directly from the apostles. They received the example from the apostles. And so that should be the same example that we're following today. We're not some big high and mighty because we're in modern times. Um, We have to stick with that old, true, uh, ancient path that's always been God's way. It, It doesn't get more fresh like it does in, you know, marketing and business and things like that. 
The gospel and God's word and God's way have been set in stone ever since this word was written, ever since the apostles gave it, and that's what we have to adhere to. Amen. And to, you know, we've been, we started the book of Acts, me and brother Bill last week, or actually it was two weeks ago, the storm kind of interrupted us, but the, the early church waited 10 days for the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. And the church today must be filled with the Spirit, just like the book of Acts. Salvation and being filled with the Spirit are subsequent events. They are not one and of the same. And and why do we believe that? Because the book of Acts teaches that, friend. You can't change the Bible. Right. The, The church that began with 120 in the upper room, these were all saved individuals. But they had not yet been filled. And so we see on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Spirit, and God gave them the evidence that they were filled by being able to speak in a language they had never learned before. We believe that same experience is for today, and it has been for every day for 2,000 years. There is no verse in the Bible that said God was going to change that. And so we must believe in that doctrine and when you look at acts 2 and i'm going to have matt read it to you we this is just a review of the last or the first week that we started studying the book of acts but in acts chapter 2 if you can read verses 37 38 and 39 this should end for all time this teaching that the gifts have ceased or the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues is not for today acts 2 37 Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, Matt, when you read that, there's no indication whatsoever, and to the contrary, that the gift of the Holy Spirit, what they just experienced on the day of Pentecost, was going to end or was only for them. I mean, it clearly says to your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord shall call. So we must, the preacher of the gospel must preach the full gospel. What do I mean by that? Jesus saves, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I didn't say this. God said it. Look at Acts 1.8. For you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses unto me, Jesus said, into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the uttermost parts of the earth. You don't change the Bible. We need, the church today needs power. Holy Ghost, miraculous power. And it's available today through faith in what Christ did on Calvary. Amen. And as you said, it's subsequent to the born again experience where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. A lot of people don't believe that. They believe that if you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, then you already have the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we're going through this stuff right here, speaking to our listeners, really. I know you understand all this. And and if you can't see this any more clearly than in Acts chapter 8, when Philip goes and preaches the gospel to the Samaritans, and the Bible says they believed the word that he gave them, which was the gospel. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. And then instead of saying, hey, you guys got the baptism with the Holy Spirit already, Peter and John came and prayed for them and laid hands on them so that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, clearly, that's praying for them to receive power to be witnesses in all those places you mentioned. It's power for service is what it is. I want to read that. Can you turn that? that I mean, this, this, this argument has to be resolved with every preacher. And listen, I don't care if you're a Baptist, you're a Methodist, you're an Episcopalian. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not limited to, nor is it only for a Pentecostal or a four square or a church of God 
or Pentecostal holiness or a charismatic. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was for the early church and it's for the church today. Let's what, what was the passage you referred to? All right, I, I'm going to have to read from a couple different places, uh, otherwise we're going to read a lot of text here. But Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, the Bible says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies who were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. So Philip preached Christ to them. Right. They received the things that he said. And now let's skip down to verse 14 in the same chapter. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, meaning they received the gospel from Philip, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For Listen to this part, verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Praise God. These were saved individuals. They had received the word, but Peter and John had to go down there and lay hands on them. So we see there is two subsequent encounters with the Lord. One is salvation, when you receive the Holy Spirit in terms of being born again, and then when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. You do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. That's erroneous doctrine, and it's not biblical. The thief on the cross never spoke in tongues. Any Old Testament saint never spoke in tongues, and yet they're all in heaven. So you don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. But if you are going to be sticking around this earth for any time after you get saved, God wants to fill you with his power. Why? To be a bold witness, to be led, to know how to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be anointed in a greater way. All that God does within his church is by and through the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I don't just need to speak in tongues or have the gift of tongues. I need to be refilled every day. Amen. I need to learn the word. I need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So it's not just, oh, I speak in tongues. I'm good to go. Those, the mentality of that, you're going to fall away. Right. Speaking in tongues does not guarantee you a victorious Christian life. A victorious Christian life is a life that has faith continuously in the finished work of the cross. So here uh, you see it now. Now there's another passage because you got me going now tonight (laughs) to show our listeners in Acts chapter 10. Let's go over there for a moment. Peter, a Jew going into a house of the Gentile to bring the gospel. And Matt, I'm going to ask you to read Acts chapter 10, 44 through 46. While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And when Peter gave testimony of what happened, when he went back to Jerusalem, when he shared what happened in the house of Cornelius, In verse 15 of Acts 11, he said, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For as much then as God gave them the like gift, as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the key. You, you cannot receive this gift of the Holy Spirit without believing in Jesus. He said, what was I that I could withstand God? Listen, you don't want to withstand God, preacher, and, and not believe in this gift that every congregational member that knows Jesus, they need the power. I need the power. Preacher, you need the power. And it's available, Matt. 
and it's clearly, and we could keep going. We could go to Acts 19, mm-hmm. 1 through 6. Paul asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And so they are subsequent. And we have seen this so many times in our meetings. We just saw it in Erie, Pennsylvania. People were getting filled. The ministers that were at the altar, the altar prayer team, were saying it was easy to pray with someone and see them be filled and hear them speak in other tongues because they were hungry and they were believing for it. Amen, absolutely. And if if I could just uh, anticipate some objections here, because I hear the things that, you know, Baptists and other traditions who don't believe in this say, we're not saying that if you don't have the baptism with the Holy Spirit that you don't have the Holy Spirit at all. No, if you're born again and your faith is in the blood of Jesus to save you from your sins, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So we're not saying that. We're not saying you're part of another body. We're not calling ourselves super Christians. We're just saying there's a gift out there that's available to you that's of great benefit to the church and to the lost because it's power for service and that you have to go out there and ask for it and receive it like the Bible says. Perfectly said, perfectly said. We are praising God tonight for new life. And listen, tonight our prayer for you is to be born again. If you have never been born again, tonight is your night. Jesus said, Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, the priest, he didn't know what that meant. He said, what does it mean? How can I go back in my mother's womb and be born a second time? And the Lord said, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And Jesus explained it. When we're born of the flesh, we're born of water. The water of the mother breaks and the baby comes soon after. And when you're born of the spirit, that's spiritual. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes in and he fills you with spiritual life. And Matt, as you mentioned right before the break, that when we come to Christ, we receive the spirit. Mm -hmm. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God fills you. And, you know, one man said it this way, and I kind of like it. He said, when you, when you come to Christ and you're born again, the Spirit comes in. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes out <laughs> yeah. you know, and in, ama- if, in amazing ways. If I could actually share an analogy, one of the speakers said this at the conference. I want to say it was Torrance Nash, maybe. He, he compared it to a glass of water. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like the water is poured in and you're the glass. And then when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like you take that glass and throw it in the ocean. Mm, yes, yes, it is. And what did Jesus say in John, St. John seven thirty seven? He said, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water. That is speaking of the Holy Spirit moving and operating and coming out of the believer. And so I don't want just the spirit to come in me. And listen, if that's all he did, it would be enough. That's what saves you. But I want the Holy Spirit to also be coming out of me so that people can be saved. People can be healed. People can be touched. So the Holy Spirit power is alive today. Matt, I want to go to Acts 2. Uh, Back to where we were reading as we're, you know, we're trying to get to Acts 3 tonight. I don't know if we will. But Acts chapter 2, I want to read the 40, uh, the 40th, let's go 40 through 42, Acts chapter 2. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they who gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now stop there for a moment. Think about this. When God gave Moses the law on Mount Sinai, the Bible says on that day when he came down on the mountain and the people had built a golden calf, God's judgment fell at Mount Sinai and 3,000 people died because God judged them for their sin. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people died were saved. Now here's the thing that's so interesting. The day that God gave Moses the law is the same day on the calendar 
that the baptism of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And what was God saying? The law condemns. And if you do, you don't find God, you don't repent, you're going to die under the law. But grace gives life. The church of Jesus Christ is a church of grace. And if God's spirit is moving the way he wants it to move, people are going to get saved, Matt. Amen. That's what 2 Corinthians 3 is all about. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The law was never meant to give life. It was never meant to give righteousness. It was meant to show man what right looks like so that we could see that we're not right. We're sinners separated from God in need of a Savior, and that's why Jesus came not to condemn but to save and to give life more abundantly so that we could be restored and receive the life of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read the 42nd verse. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord was adding many to the church because the church was operating in the power of God. They were not a once a week church for an hour and 15 minutes. They were meeting every day in prayer continuously. And God was moving. This is revival. This is what we're praying for. And man, I want to go back to that 42nd verse where it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. Now, this is key. God is not going to send a revival if the doctrine is off. Right. It must be biblical. So what is the apostles' doctrine? What 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 are we talking about? Read the 38th verse again for chapter 2. There's sound doctrine in verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. All right, now I want to give just a couple things of what is sound doctrine from the book of Acts that the church should be teaching. Number one, salvation is only through faith in Christ and what Christ did on the cross. And I'll give you a few verses at home if you're taking notes. Romans 5, 1 and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We are justified by faith alone. That's how one gets saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God. It is something God does. Salvation is all of God. And and it was all done at Calvary. All man must do all man has to do is repent and believe number two which leads me right from what i said repentance is necessary for salvation to occur if you do not repent you will not be saved i'm not going to say at 10 30 i'll just say this prayer and you'll be saved i'm going to tell you you need to repent and pray and ask jesus to come into your life put your faith in christ repentance has to be preached, Matt. It's a doctrine of the apostles. Every church service, when you give an altar call, and every church should be given altar calls every Sunday, repentance should be in that altar call because you cannot be saved without a change of heart and mind. Amen. And that's what Paul said before, I think it was King Agrippa, Acts 20.21, preaching faith toward God and repentance. Or I might have it messed up. Repentance toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure I messed it up, it's but he said faith and repentance. God and faith in our Lord Jesus there you Christ, go. right? Yeah. But but yeah, repentance and faith has to be present in order to be saved. Judas, the Bible says, when he sold the Lord out for 30 shekels, 
He repented. He went out and wept bitterly. But then he hung himself. He didn't turn to Christ. Peter denied Christ three times. He went out and wept bitterly. But then he ended up turning. He Mm -hmm. he turned to the Lord. You must. That's what repentance means. A turning to Christ. A turning to God. Number three. Sanctification comes only through grace and not law. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. If you want to live right, you've got to learn how to live under grace. How do I live under grace? Jesus did it all at Calvary for your victory over sin. And grace is given without merit. I don't earn my sanctification. I don't work for myself sanctification. I believe that what Jesus did at Calvary is enough to defeat the power of sin in my life. Amen. And you could say it like this. All the things you already know about justification and how to receive justification and how it's faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone, take all those things and apply it to your sanctification, to your daily walk. Because Colossians 2.6 says, As you have received Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. It's not one way to receive Christ and another way to walk in him. It's one narrow way, the entire way, and it's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen, amen. And that's why we have Cross-Eyed Radio. We want your faith, God wants your faith, in the finished work of the cross alone. So salvation is through faith. Repentance is necessary for salvation to occur sanctification comes only through grace through faith that's all that's the only way you can have victorious living so don't come through the door saying i was saved by grace but now i got to keep my devotional life and i got to confess and i got to memorize scriptures in order to have victory over sin no friend you're putting yourself under law should i read my bible should i memorize it should i quote it absolutely But I don't count on doing those things as the means of sanctification. If it was, then I could get the glory for doing it. Right. And the Lord is not sharing his glory with no flesh. Right. So it's all by faith. Number four, every believer in Christ should be water baptized. And everyone, and and Matt, this is even in Cross River Tabernacle. Everyone in that church, if they have not yet been water baptized and they're born again, they should go into the waters of baptism. This is found clearly in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Acts 2, 38, you just read it. Peter said, be baptized. And water baptism doesn't save you, but it's a declaration to the world that the old man, it's symbolic, has died. And the new man, Christ in you, shall live. This is sound apostle doctrine. And number five, the mighty baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, is for every believer. Acts 2, 4. Acts 8, Matt read it tonight. Acts 10, 44 through 45. Acts 19, 1 through 6. This is sound doctrine. And Matt, the the sixth one, and I want to go to this tonight. Divine healing is given through faith in the name of Jesus. I want you to read Acts chapter 1, and we're just going to get this started tonight. We'll pick it up next week. But I want to read Acts chapter 1. This is the early church, and a man was, was miraculously healed at the temple gate. Uh, are you referring to Acts chapter three? three what did I say? Acts eight? chapter one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Acts chapter three. Sometimes my mouth gets ahead of my brain. <laughs> Acts chapter three, verses one through eight. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them who entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. 
And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. Matt, this is a story that is so dear to me. Uh, As a father of a son who has been in a wheelchair mostly his whole life, and seeing, reading this and seeing it in my mind's eye, this man was a beggar, and he was there at the temple gate at the hour of prayer. The early church would go to, go to prayer three hours or three times in the day. They would go at 9 a.m., they would go at 12 noon, and they would go at 3 p.m. Why? Well, because Christ was put on the cross at 9 a.m., Darkness came over Jerusalem at noon and he gave up the ghost at 3 p.m. You have to remember, this is just days after the cross. This has changed the world. I mean, everyone's talking about it. He is risen. And now the church is in prayer for direction. And as they're walking into the temple, they see this man. And this man is, you know, he He's not asking for healing. He's asking for money. And what he said to him was silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. That's all we are to give the world tonight. There is nothing greater. And listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't help the poor. We, we do that all the time. We should be given to missions. We should be given to help people. But there is nothing more important to give than the healing power of Jesus Christ. And the greatest healing is spiritual healing. But God was going to use this man to physically heal him so that others would believe and come to faith. Matt, the Bible, as you read on, and we don't have the time tonight, I don't think, to to lay it all out, but 5,000 people, the Bible records, got saved because of this one healing of this lame man. When we see, when the world sees miracles like this, they believe. Amen, and that's really what the miracles are all about. They're to be evidence that prove what we just read about, the Apostles' Doctrine the gospel. They're, they're not really necessarily about the healing, because even those that are healed, even those who get raised from the dead, they're all going to get sick and die again someday, and that ultimate healing doesn't come until the rapture or the resurrection, whatever you want to call it. But the healings that happen here in this life before the resurrection, they're for the purpose of glorifying Jesus Christ and confirming the gospel that he gave to us through the apostles. Yes, and, and you know, Matt, we're praying all the time for the sick to be healed. Uh, we call people to the altar. We anoint them with oil. When we were in Erie, Pennsylvania, we saw the sick healed. And every one of them that was healed, their faith exploded mm-hmm. when God chose them to be healed. Not everyone gets healed. I don't understand why, but it has something to do with God's plan. God knows what to do, when to do it, and you have to trust him. Yeah. And every, listen, everyone who's born again ultimately will be healed. You'll either be healed on earth or you'll be healed when you go to heaven. There's nobody sick, friend, tonight in heaven. There's no wheelchairs. There's no hospitals. There's no sirens. There's no ambulances. Everyone is in a glorif- or in, a, in a spiritual body that is without sickness, waiting for their glorified body that will be actual physical body that, Matt, will never age. Amen. 
I mean, Jesus did all of this at the cross. Amen. It always goes back to what he did at the cross. That's absolutely it right there. All the glory must go to him. And I believe sometimes the healing doesn't come because people are asking amiss, as it talks about in James. They're asking for it for their own glory. It's not really about the gospel. It's not really about Jesus Christ. It's just about making a name for themselves. Oh, I'm the one who got healed. I'm the one who prayed for that person and they got healed. And that's asking amiss. But when you pray for it out of love that comes from Christ in you, and you pray for it for the advancement of the gospel, then I believe that's when it can happen. Oh, hallelujah. That lame man went into the temple, the Bible says, leaping and praising God. He was healed. Tonight, you can be healed spiritually. You can be healed physically if God chooses. But there is no greater healing than the salvation of a soul. Tonight, you can go from this radio show leaping and praising God. I'm saved. I'm saved. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You say, preacher, what do I have to do? You have to repent. Change your mind about your sin. Change your mind about the way you're living and choose to follow Jesus with everything you got. And then you must put your faith in Christ alone and what he did at Calvary, the blood that he shed for you. Every drop of his blood was to cleanse you from sin. Place your faith in that alone and call upon his name tonight. The Bible says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to give you an opportunity, me and Matt, to call on the name of the Lord in prayer. Matt's going to help you and repeat this after me out loud. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I call out that name. And I call out that name. Jesus. Jesus. Save me. Save me. Deliver me. Deliver me. Heal me. Heal me. Tonight. Tonight. Right now. Right now. I repent. I repent of the way I've been living of the way I've been living and I turn my life over to Jesus Christ and I turn my life over to Jesus Christ and I place my faith and I place my faith in what Jesus did on the cross in what Jesus did on the cross where he took my judgment where he took my judgment he paid for my sins he paid for my sins so that I could be forgiven so that I could be forgiven and three days later and three days later he rose from the dead he rose from the dead I believe that I believe that. And I trust it. And I trust it. Alone. Alone. To save me. To save me. And set me free. And set me free. And I thank you for it tonight. And I thank you for it tonight. Lord, come into my life. Lord, come into my life. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Man, I believe somebody tonight has gotten saved, come back to the Lord. All you have to do tonight to receive a copy of the book, Cross-Eyed, how to have victory over sin. We'll send it to you, postage paid, free of charge. Our gift, our way of saying praise the Lord for your decision tonight. Matt, the number form to call. In the local area, it's 716-229-8000. That's 716-229-8000. Or you can call toll-free from outside this area, 1-888-444-2920. That's 1-888-444. Triple four twenty nine twenty. All right, go to your phones right now. It's a glorious night. You just got saved. You came back to the Lord. We just had our second grandbaby, baby Chori. Next week, I'll tell you her name. They're not giving it to me or I'd give it to you. But she was born at 9.36 p.m., born right during Cross-Eyed Radio. Couldn't be any more perfect than that. Congratulations, Drew and Amanda Chori. We're so proud of you. We love you. And most of all, we love Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for listening tonight. Have a great week. You have been listening to Cross-Eyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If Cross-Eyed has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support Cross-Eyed financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go online to joshuarevolution.org. 
We thank you for your help and prayers. And remember to tune in next week at 9.30 p.m. for Cross-Eyed, a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.